redo this. We're gonna redo this. We're gonna redo this. Dude, oh, no. I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal with this. Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions, we've got answers. Or at least we'll search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform a response to the questions you have. We love Jesus and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix Kolpa by King's Kaleidoscope. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back into Fluent Grace Podcast, episode number 18. The gentlemen are back together again. The boys are back in town. <laughs> All right. Take a stab at it. Was that Tyler or was that Colin? Maybe that's a new game we play. It was not me. I'm just going to throw that out. It was not me. I hit a whole new note right there, Tim. I mean, I, I, that was pretty good. I'm pretty sure the last time I was able to hit a note like that, I was Jace's age. And for those who don't know, he's four. <laughs> so, uh, I am always, uh, I say always, I am sometimes envious of guys that can, you know, hit that head voice and can make those, uh, make those sounds. And then I realized, no, nah, I'm cool. No, nah, I'm good. Uh, there's really. no reason for me to hit those. So <laughs> I enjoy having hair under my armpits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on your chest. Jace asked me about hair on my chest the other day. I hate chest hair. Yeah. I'm just side note, I hate it. I just cut mine off the other day, and it's like coming back and stabbing me through my t-shirts. Uh huh. True story. I didn't yeah. want to frighten people at the pool though. So yeah, same, same. So now you know a little bit about at least two-thirds of the Fluent Grace team. We uh, shaved the old chest here. So. Yep. Sir, you have a squirrel on your chest? <laughs> oh, goodness. What are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler says, forget all that stuff. Let's jump straight into content. <laughs> I don't know. What are we talking about? It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. So um, I think we've all kind of had a lot going on. Uh, I know I've been out of town for a few weeks been out of the country actually for a little bit of that time mm. uh tyler's been gone a little bit yeah. colin's been holding down the old alabama fort for us i have we uh we're still still strong you are yep alabama's still around alabama's still here you know i did notice something in all our travels uh so we went up um flew into boston did some of that uh, drove up to maine drove over to niagara falls went over into canada and i realized something in the midst of all those travels, you know, those of us here in Alabama and specifically Tuscaloosa rip on the Department of Transportation because of the level and uh, quantity of construction cones that are around. And I realized that the whole world is under construction. That's right. It's not just Tuscaloosa. Really? Really. <laughs> I, I almost just took a picture of the Canadian construction cones that were all over the place, and I, I missed my chance. But Progress is everywhere, people. It is. Uh, so, you know, part of that makes me feel a little bit better that it's not just us. And the other part of me is like, well, dang, now I can't just rip on, you know, the fact that we are the only ones that are going through all this stuff. <laughs> so it's the whole world. So if you live in some place other than Tuscaloosa and you're dealing with construction issues, hey, we feel your pain. Um, 
and we're sorry about that. So, I just wish that I would have known uh, about all this construction about four or five years ago. I would have invested in the orange barrel stock and made a lot of money. <laughs> I swear there's at least 40000 in the Tuscaloosa County. There is. We actually had some show up in Foster's the other day. <laughs> Foster. Did and they I walk was like, over? <laughs> and I was like, wow. hey, DOT, like, did y'all just need somewhere to store these because you couldn't find road space and you right. had to put these anywhere, so you just put them in Foster's? But anyway. I Happy think, uh, day after America Day. Oh, yeah, it's true. We're recording on July 5th, so happy America Day, America. And for all you people who are not in America, well, still happy America Day. Though, happy America you know? Day. That's pretty awesome over here. Yeah. It is. I was actually in Canada on Canada Day. How about that? Canada has a day. They do. Hmm. It's July 1st. It's oh, their wow. Independence Day. thought they were wow. like Mississippi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not hating on Canadians. Absolutely uh, Canadian friends. Did you get to witness any cool like Canadian uh events for their Independence Day? There were a lot of Canadian sport and red t shirts. Ah. Yeah. Cool. Uh there I did watch Canadian fireworks Probably on Canada different. Day. Um I think they were still made in China. Mm. Were they not <laughs> as big and as awesome as American fireworks? They were not as big and as awesome mm. as some of the ones I've seen. It was still pretty good, right? I'm not. It was a 10 minute fireworks show, so it was decent. Did but you know it, that uh, I've seen better that American fireworks date back to the very first Fourth of July celebration? Wow. Uh huh. July Fourth, 1777. So that would have been our one year birthday. There were fireworks. How cool would that have been to be around for like year one? Let's just take a moment and be America. Americanized. Here we go. <laughs> Come on, Colin. Hit that note. Come on, Colin. I'm good. Is that Lee Greenwood? Oh, this is the best part right here. You know, I will say, I think the coolest thing that I saw related to 4th of July, was it David Platt that put up fireworks, like the fireworks show over Iwo Jima? I did not see that. You didn't see that? No, I didn't. Dude, check it out. Apparently, David Platt, I don't know if he was there or not. I don't know. But he he posted this on Facebook, so whatever. But they did fireworks over Iwo Jima. That was sick. Hmm. That Sounds was pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Sounds cool. Go check it out. Facebook, David Platt. Go follow him first because he's got some good stuff. But then, you know, watch his fireworks video. <laughs> so many good traditions on July 4th. I mean, did y'all watch the hot dog eating contest? <laughs> no. That was yesterday? Yes. Yeah, it's I it's the Olympics of competitive ah. eating. Who won? Joey Chestnut, of course. Shout out. It's like his 12th title in 13 years or something. What part of that makes you say, hey, I want to be the world's best at eating hot dogs? <laughs> Only in America. I don't know of any other countries out there doing this kind of stuff. No. I mean, we. I love the fact that, like, 25% of the contestants are from different countries. Like, they come to America to participate in this. If and that who's, doesn't who's the only one that always wins? Old American. American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then how, the fact did that... It, did you see how many he ate? 
I think he consumed 71. That is disgusting. In 10 minutes. <laughs> just like, gross, oh, man. It has probably been, no lie, uh, eight years. In the past eight years, I might have eaten 72 hot dogs. <laughs> That's Maybe. so gross. I hate Maybe. hot dogs so much. See, I, I'm the same way unless I'm at a baseball park. If I'm at a ballpark, I'm getting a hot dog. Yep. No doubt. I had the best pizza of my life in Boston. True story. At the uh, baseball game. We went to a Red Sox game. Yeah. Unbelievable. Fenway. Yeah, Fenway's dogs weren't that good, but, yeah, the pizza. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Toronto had good hot dogs. Y'all just toured and everywhere, didn't we? We did. We did. We <sighs> probably spent more money than we should have. But, <laughs> you know, we enjoyed it. Their hot dogs, they had like a like a condiment bar. That had all kind like it just it wasn't just ketchup mustard relish, but there was like corn, black olives, shredded pickles. Did they have nacho cheese. No nacho cheese. Mm. Mm. No. I love nacho cheese. I like some nacho good. cheese as well. Yeah. How about that nacho cheese on the McDonald's French fries? Oh, gross! I tried it on our trip. It's terrible. <laughs> Literally, the guy, I'm, I'm so excited because I really want to dip my McNuggets in this. I'm thinking it's going to be some hot nacho cheese. And then he goes and he pulls it out of a cabinet and he squirts it out like ketchup. And it was not refrigerated, nor was it heated. It was like, it was like, like cheese whiz. And I was like, but worse. But what worse. in the communism is going on right now? There was, I tried. So they McDonald's uses that same cheese for their cheesy bacon fries. And I was like, I love cheese. I love McDonald's fries. I love bacon. This is a win-win-win. I'm going to try this out. It was the worst stuff I've ever eaten. Yep. There's not a whole lot that can ruin bacon, but that cheese did. <laughs> it really did. It was terrible. But, like, true story, whenever I was growing up, McDonald's did this one thing where they did cheese fries, and the cheese was actually legit. They, like, kept mm. it heated, and it came in like a – like a plastic wrapper, like a ketchup wrapper, and you just squirt it out. It's like hot cheese sauce, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's what I thought I was getting." Yeah, I was mistaken. <laughs> so, forget you, McDonald's in Maine. I can feel the amount of disappointment that oh. you experienced. I can. <laughs> I, I was can so just feel it in the room. I was so right triggered. Now. I was so triggered. <laughs> the cheese. Whiz. Oh man. So, if you don't take anything away from this podcast, just don't go get. Nacho cheese at McDonald's. Unless you enjoy being let down, then go for it. It's true. And for the love of all that's good, don't try their cheesy bacon fries because it is a disgrace to bacon. It really is. So anyway, that's uh, that's 4th of July. Shout out, America. True story, there was a firecracker war in front of my house last night. Everybody was coming out of West Circle ready to shoot each other with fireworks. Kids had on backpacks. So, true story. You know the boxes that, like, go, they go, like, 200 feet in the air and explode? Well, I was like, well, this is cool. The kids are going to shoot it. Well, there's one group of kids on one end of the street and one on the other. They take one of the boxes, light it up, and kick it over at the other group. (laughs) And it just starts going, boom, boom. (laughs) And, like, kids are running and screaming, ducking behind cars. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Welcome to West Circle. Did anybody die? (laughs) I don't think so. I didn't see any bodies afterwards. I mean, I guess not if they got shot with one of those things. <laughs> That's like complete disintegration. Yeah. Were they shooting it towards your house or away from Away, it? away. Okay. Yeah. It would have had issues. It would have been shooting at my <laughs> yeah. house. 
Yeah. Speaking of Boston, Massachusetts was the first state to recognize July 4th as a holiday. Well, I never really? would have guessed that. Yeah. That was another good joke from yesterday was, uh, have fun going to work, England. We're taking the day off. <laughs> nice. And the last one might be a little morbid, but it is worth noting. There have been three U.S. presidents that have actually passed away on July 4th. Really? So, yeah. Is there anything more American, though, than going out on July 4th? That's true. I guess being born on July 4th, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. That may be cooler. <laughs> what if you were a U.S. president that was born on July 4th? That almost like gives you a, like a leg up on the competition. You know, if you can say my birthday was on July 4th, you should get special consideration for the presidency. No doubt. Sure. So if anybody out there has a birthday on July 4th, let us know, and we will um, submit your name for recognition. Yep, right in, vote. Yeah. There is an election coming up next year, so, you know, you may have a shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, I will tell this quick story just because it's it's worth telling. Uh, My wife and I almost got stuck in Canada because we did not have any cash on us. And I've traveled with both of you guys before, and you both know that I just never have cash. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and most of the time when you're in the United States, that's okay. Uh, it's not okay when you're trying to get back from Canada because they require you to have cold, hard cash to get back. All it required was a dollar a person. I didn't even have a dollar per person. <laughs> I didn't have a dollar. My wife didn't have a dollar. We were about to be the only two people stuck in Canada because we were Americans that didn't have cash. What kind of money are they using up in Canada? Yen? I don't know, but it's like plastic. I was about to say, are they using the American dollar? Because that's, that would be the most American thing ever if Canadians were using American money. They're, like You can use American money up there, and it's worth more than the Canadian money. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. But their actual money legit has a strip of plastic in it, where it's just like a you know a Ziploc bag that they stuck in the middle of their cash. Wow. It's crazy. All I'm saying is that's the most youth pastor financial story I've heard <laughs> in a long time. But here's the, So we're over there, and you have to go through this little turnstile thing to get back. There's no person there, so I can't you know, beg for them to just let me through. <laughs> it's all automated that you have to put in your money. And I'm like, well, dang it, I don't have any money. I can't swipe my credit card. And so, like, <laughs> Carly's like, we just got to ask somebody for money. I'm like, I'm not asking anybody for a dollar. So then I, what we ended up doing, we just had to go to the uh, currency exchange place. And I told the lady, I was like, look, we don't have any cash. We're trying to get across. Do you have any suggestions on how we can get $2? She looked at me. She's like, you don't have any cash? Like, no. I I don't even know if she believed me, right? Americans without cash. And so I asked her, I was like, can I buy money from you with my credit card? (laughs) She said no. Uh, But then she gave me $2. She just handed them over. Generosity. Yes. So uh, shout out to Canadians. Y'all are awesome. Thank you, Canada. Yes, thank you, Canada. If it were not for you and your wonderful um, demonstration of kindness, we would still be stuck up there. Yep. You're the second best. Exactly. I mean. Which is worse? How about this? Second best country or Mississippi? I'm going Canada all day. <laughs> Somebody did tell us that Maine was the Mississippi of the North. <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. They have some monster mosquitoes. <laughs> like monster. Like they make, they make ours look. Very miniature. Yeah. Wow. Their mosquitoes were the size of Mississippi. <laughs> they really were. <laughs> anyway, we had a lot of good stories from up there. It was a good trip. Uh, Colin, you'll have to join us on one of these next time. 
Yeah, we should. But somebody had to hold down Alabama, so thanks for doing that. You know, it was tough, but uh, somebody had to do it. Took so. one for the team. Glad uh, to have you all back. <laughs> so anyway, what are we talking about today? Um, so the question that we're going to hit on today is this. It says, in your podcast, Should Christians Disagree?, you said Christians shouldn't disagree about salvation. You guys also said you supported the view of predestination. Do you think people who believe in free will will go to hell? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. People don't have a decision and are like robots for predestination. I'm going to assume that's a statement and not a question. I like to uh, do the robot. <laughs> There's a movie about robots. Our robot with Will Smith? Uh, there was that. I was thinking of Wally. <laughs> Wally. <laughs> That's right. So there we go. Um, if Colin was a Pixar character, he would t- No, you'd be Wreck It Ralph. I'd be Mr. Incredible. You'd be Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, I'm halfway through my index card here. Here we go. What if everybody is called in a whisper and not everyone listens to that whisper? He, God, knows where we are going, but we have to choose to follow him. I will also assume that is a statement and not a question. Hmm. Roll time. So uh, that's the question. That's the that's a number of questions and statements all mixed in there. So I guess we'll just work through it. Oh, here we go. Let's do it. I guess we'll just work through it. Um, we'll start with the first little piece. It says, in your podcast, should Christians disagree? You said Christians should not disagree about salvation. Uh, that is a true statement. Correct. We did say that. That podcast, again, I don't know what number that is because we don't plan these things. We just kind of go for it. Um, Literally no notes. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, yes, we did say that Christians should not disagree about salvation. And the reason we said that is because salvation is a primary subject that if you do not believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way that we can get to God the Father— if you do not agree with that, then you're wrong. Yep. That's the case for anybody at any time, anywhere. I don't care if you are in Canada, the United States, Mississippi, or South China, right? Wherever you are, you've got to believe in Jesus as being the only way to get to God. That is something Christians should not ever disagree about. That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. The next part of the index card here says you guys also said you supported the view of predestination do you correct think, <laughs> correct that's what tyler says uh do you think people who believe in free will will go to hell tyler you take that one um yes or no let's start with that yes or no do you think people who believe in free will will go to hell i think it goes back to your previous statement what do you do with jesus So if you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except by him, uh, that it is only um, through his death on the cross that we can have forgiveness of sins, and only by his resurrection that we can have new life with him. But at the same time, you also believe in free will. Will you go to hell? No, you won't, because you were predestined before the foundation of the world. Yeah, I would say, let's take this big word of predestination out of it. Or, you know, some folks say election, some folks say called or chosen, whatever. Whatever you want to say, uh, it is most definitely a biblical principle that you have to agree with. Okay? So we'll get that out there right now. Ephesians chapter 1, Romans chapter 9 through 11. It's all in there. John Um, 17. 
So, you know, if, if we're going to believe Scripture, uh, we've got to believe it. Do we have to understand it? Absolutely not. I don't understand it. I would be willing to guess that nobody at this table understands exactly how all that works. Negative. Nah. I mean, because really, if we understood all that, that would like put us up on God's level. Yeah, what kind of God do you have if you can, <laughs> if you can calculate him and figure him out? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's kind of like understanding the Trinity. You know, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you can figure that out and understand it, I... You I, can't. <laughs> right, I, I I don't know about that. Anyway, so taking the uh, predestination um, piece out of it, or, or the election piece out of it, it, it all comes back to Jesus, right? He's the primary object of salvation. Without Jesus, nobody can be saved. We got that. The secondary some folks say the secondary doctrines, right, predestination or free will. Some folks classify that as Calvinism versus Arminianism. Arminianism. That's all secondary stuff. So, yes, it is important. Absolutely it's important because uh, what we believe about these things will impact and influence how we live. But does what we believe about how God saves us affect the fact that God can or cannot save us? Oh, there's so much to be said on this topic, and I feel like there's so much gray area when it comes to these secondary doctrines, I think is the word that we were using there, secondary theologies. Is this, a, is this a secondary doctrine? Yes. Salvation is the primary. Yeah. How God does it is secondary. The fact that we are all saved is the primary piece of it. Good answer, Tim. Salvation is not something we should ever be disagreeing about. I would be willing to guess, right, there's three of us at this table, myself, Colin, and Tyler. I would be willing to guess that uh, we each have our own different theological opinions on certain things. I I doubt we agree 100% on every little piece of theology that we could ever agree on. And that's okay, right? We can disagree about that stuff. I would also be willing to guess that every one of us at this table agree 100% uh, when it comes to the Trinity, right? God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We all agree on that. We all agree when it comes to salvation that God's the one that saved us. We can't do anything about that. We all agree that that Scripture is the Word of God. It's 100% true and accurate. Um, it's not just something that man has made up. We all agree about that stuff. Those are all primary issues that if you're following Jesus, you can't be disagreeing on. All this secondary stuff, though, Right, how God saves us, or where the Bible came from, or the the number of days it took for God to create the world. Right? We can disagree about that stuff all day long and it's okay. We just have to do it in grace and love, as we talked about on our previous episode. So are we talking about free will? Is this guy or girl, whoever's asking this, asking it through the lens of salvation or just day to day decisions? Because that plays a major factor. Yeah, that is a big distinction. I would assume here that the question is related to salvation. But, I, you know, I guess I don't know. So let's talk to both of those. So if we're talking about salvation, here, here's my holdup with people who, who are going to fall in this free will camp. So Jonah chapter 2 is very, very clear, like crystal clear, where it says salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation is a gift, right? We learn about that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Uh, it's a gift. 
So, so therefore, it's not yours to begin with. It was given to you as a gift. So having a, a, a decision in the matter is, is just kind of crazy. And so going back to, let's, let's look at some Old Testament texts. Is it, well, Jonah's in the Old Testament. So Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I think it's 36, 26. I always get them backwards. It's one of my favorite passages, but I can never get it straight. It's either 26, 36 or 36, 26. I think it's 36, 26. No, 26, 36. <laughs> I don't know, but I, this is what I do. I do know what it says, though. And it says um, that I will, I will put my spirit within you, and I will, and I will get, take your heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh, and my spirit will cause you to walk into my statutes and my ways. And so it doesn't say the spirit and me are going to make a mutual decision together. No, the spirit initiates. The spirit's the one who does it. The Lord is the one who does it. And so that's my hold up with it. I'll let y'all I'll let y'all ping around on that for a minute. Just in case anybody's interested, that is Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. Oh, okay. Woo. Okay. Oh, so, can never get it straight. Yeah. You had a fifty fifty chance of getting it right yeah. and you got it right. So read that out for us, Tim. Because I know I probably butchered it you up. You got you got real close. I mean, uh, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six from the ESV says this, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And just as an FYI, those eyes are referring to God. Yeah. God's the one talking. Mm. So not Ezekiel. Yep. I love this quote, and I'm, I'm going to be quiet after this. Uh, Sproul Jr. says this. Just so we're clear, the words free will are not actually in the Bible. Ooh. And that's true. Go read Genesis to Revelation, and you won't find free will. Nor will you find a thing called age of accountability. But that's not this conversation. <laughs> that's a different one, yeah. But he goes on to say, Predesti- predestination, on the other hand, dot, dot, dot. And then he drops the mic. Mm. You know, predestination is found in Ephesians. Chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 4 through 5, and then I'll dig into it a little bit. It says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love he predestined us for adoption as sons, through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. That's one of those verses that I think you could read four or five times and get something different out of it every single time. There's so much meat, there's so much that you could chew on, so to speak, in those verses. And I've heard those verses many times in my young life. But one little part that I don't think I've ever really noticed is the part right before predestination is in love he predestined us. All of this that God does for us is totally out of grace slash love. And if we don't understand that, if we just push that to the side, then yes, we can disagree and we can bicker and we can argue about predestination. But if we look back at in love, he's showing us love by predestining us. And I, I think a lot of people, including myself, until I read that, um, didn't really think about that in the context of that predestination and how we're adopted into Him. When we think about love, especially in the context of salvation, 
there's one verse that everybody automatically goes to for that, and it's John 3.16, right? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Those two verses connect together because of this idea of love, Mm. right? God Mm. gave his son because he loves us. Um, God predestined us before the foundation of the world because he loves us. God has given us this gift of salvation because he loved us. Uh, To the Ezekiel passage, right? He puts his spirit within us because he loves us. It's not for any other reason apart from that. So I think that's a big point right there. A lot of times we try to make these theological concepts about us and what we can determine and figure out, as opposed to just leaving it in God's hands, recognizing that whatever it is we're discussing is because of his love for us. I mean, honestly, do you want salvation in your hands? I don't, because I'm going to drop that ball every single time. Yes, Tyler Tyler would for sure drop that ball. I'm just saying. So, like, (laughs) I I would almost say if you have a firm grip on how depraved you are, you don't want to believe in free will. Because, because like, I I need a rescuer. I need somebody to initiate and intervene. I don't want it in my hands. And, you know, we talked about Ephesians. Colin just read that verse from Ephesians. You go to Ephesians chapter 2, talks about how we are dead in our sin and trespasses. Stank dead. <laughs> that's right. That's in the that's in the Greek, right? It's in the message. Oh. <laughs> well, then we don't have to, you know. <clears throat> I thought it was in the Greek, so I was going to, you know, add that to my memory verse list. And you were stank dead in your trespasses. That's the Mississippi version. How about that? That's right. Anyway, so we're dead in our trespasses, right? We had no hope of, of being able to accomplish anything, and, and the Lord was the one that that reached down and, and revived us and saved us and drew us to himself, put his spirit within us. So, and you know at the end of the day what election and predestination and all these wonderful doctrines should do? It should not result in you beating your chest, but being awestruck in worship. Mm. That's what, I mean, that's what worship is, is to be awestruck and to be captivated. Because at the end of the day, if you can, if you determine your salvation... Then you, it, then you are the one. You're the means that can make your salvation happen. So therefore, you can beat your chest through predestination and, and believing in election. You're just awestruck at that God would look at you and want you. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing to remember. Um, you know who we are without Christ, and you know I am. I'm nothing on my own, right? We've read the passage in Romans. What is that? Romans 9? 8. Somewhere in Romans that talks about who we are before Christ. Can you pull that one up real quick? Oh, Romans chapter 3. That one, yes. Romans chapter 3, where it gives that, you know, the laundry list of all the things we are without Christ. Um, When we remember that and recognize that that's who we are, there is no room for us to take pride in anything we can accomplish. But again, to Tyler's point, we can look to Christ and be in awe of the fact that even in that state, he said, Tim, you're worth it. Colin, you're worth it. Fill in the blank. Whatever your name is out there, you're worth it. And he came to die for you so that you could live with him, so that you could be rescued out of that utterly depraved state where you had no hope. Mm. Yep. That's a big thing that's been coming up. Uh, in my life is the word adoption 
and how we see adoption all around us, uh, particularly in our home church here. Uh, there's so many families that have that have gone overseas. I mean, me personally, I have two younger sisters that were adopted, and to see that right in front of you in 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 your hands is one of the most beautiful sights. But then to put it in the verse that I just read out of Ephesians, how God does that for us. And there's no comparison of an on-earth experience that can compare to the joy that you should have in knowing that God has chosen you to be a son or daughter of the risen king. What was it you said a couple weeks ago, Tyler? Um, Orphans can't sign adoption papers. That's right. I think that's the way you put it. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, you know, I will say this. Well, let me read the, the last part of this uh, card here and then get into it. It says, what if everybody is called in a whisper and not everyone listens to that whisper? He, God, knows where we are going, but we have to choose to follow him. I'll say this. One of the things about predestination that holds a lot of people up, especially students, and since this is a student-driven podcast, I want to speak to you guys specifically right now. One of the things that holds folks up is the fact that they wonder if, what if I am not predestined? They wonder, what if God did not really choose me? Uh, I go to church, I do all these things, I think I'm saved. I said a prayer one time, but what if all that was in vain? Or what if all that was not good enough? And I would say that um, that perspective is very real, right? Don't... um, don't necessarily feel bad about that, but I will say that if God is the one that is is doing the saving, for those that have a desire for Jesus, he'll save that person, right? I mean, he's not going to say, well, you love me, but I didn't call you, so now I get out of here. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. I believe it's, um, I don't know what the verse is. I really have no idea. Again, to our point that we don't look up this stuff like we should beforehand, but maybe it's First Peter um, talks about that God desires all men to be saved. For those who are desiring to follow Christ and desiring to walk godly lives, we don't have to worry about the fact that, well, God may not have chosen us because guess what? He put that desire within us, right? He put the desire in each one of us to follow him. And so when that desire is then when it's made to grow and and flourish, that's His Holy Spirit working in our lives. So I, that's not something that we that you have to worry about. You know, am I predestined? But here's the deal, though, right? So equally as important in this whole process of salvation um, is this idea of human responsibility. Okay, we have responsibility um, to do things that the Scriptures say to do. Right, First um, John talks about this. Romans talks about this. Paul talks about this in the book of Acts when he's speaking with the uh, the Philippian jailer. Right, we are to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. First uh, John it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe on your heart that God raised Him from the dead. Okay, so there is a level of belief and confession that must take place. That's on us. We've got to do that. If we do not do these things, um, then there is no salvation. How do these two things work out together? I don't know. Okay, this is back to the whole point of do we really understand how these things uh, fit together? We don't. And, you know, 
I don't think we will ever fully understand this until we get to heaven. I mean, Romans is clear that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it can't be more clear than that. Yeah. It doesn't say might be saved. Yeah. It doesn't say as long as you say the right words, you will be saved. Right? It says you shall be saved. And hitting on the word whisper, I think we should all as Christians be hearing a whisper, and that whisper should be the Holy Spirit, which is in the Trinity, which is God, which goes off of the verse that says, My sheep hear my voice. So yes, you should <clears throat> excuse me, be hearing a whisper, and that whisper should be the Holy Spirit. If God's going to call you, though, you're not going to miss it. Because, mm. again, that puts it right back on us. Yep. You know. If God says, hey, Colin, come follow me, right? You're not going to miss it, <laughs> yep. you know, because that means that God's voice wasn't strong enough to penetrate my human heart, which is not correct in any sense. So, you know, it goes back to us just having to believe and have confidence that God can save me. I think the most beautiful thing, well, there, I I don't want to say the most, one of the beautiful things, because there's a lot of beautiful things about predestination and election. But one of the beautiful things about it, in my mind, is that it really does humble us. It is, I think it is one of the most humbling doctrines out there. And so for those of you who are listening to this who might uh, hear our position or go read Scripture um, and see it there and be triggered by it, <clears throat> this is what... Um, this is what Paul has to say um, about it in Romans chapter 9. He says this, What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. Oh, let me back it up. Let me back up. It says, uh, let's see. Uh, da, da, we'll start in verse 10. And uh, Romans, I'm in Romans 9 verse 10, so you can go read this for yourself. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told the older will serve the younger, as is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. And he goes on to say, What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. And he goes, this is, this is so good, and I just want to end it. And you will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you? But who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? What will, and I love this illustration, will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory? So, in any salvation of the elect is to show his glory. And at the end of the day, Clay can't talk back to the potter, I'm just saying. So, 
That's that's pretty that's that might be one of the most humbling scriptures out there. Which for us human beings, humility is not something we want to exhibit ever. Mm. All that being said, right? We've just spent however long talking about this and um, hopefully unpacking some scriptures that speak to this idea of of salvation. All that being said, whether you agree with predestination or not, whether you believe in election or not, whether you um, believe that salvation is is all based on free will and that we're the ones that have to choose God first, ultimately it doesn't matter because salvation is about God. Okay. So, back to this question in the middle of the card, do you think people who believe in free will will go to hell? Um, I would say everybody will go to hell who does not believe in Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, and the only means of salvation. If you don't believe in that, yes, absolutely. If you do believe in that, it doesn't matter if you're a predestination person, or a free will person, or a Calvinist, or an Armenianist, or a... Methodist or a Baptist or a non-denominationalist or a Presby. Presbyterian, right? It doesn't matter at all what you are. What matters is the fact that Jesus is the one that saves all of us, period, end of story. So I think we'll leave it at that for now. Obviously, if there's more questions, hit us up, right? Send us an email. We'd love to dig into this some more if there's specific pieces of it that, that you're still wondering about. And, um, you know, if it's something you want us to talk about on the podcast like this, we would love to. If it's something that you just want clarification on, you know, in an email back, uh, we'd love to do that as well. So uh, send us an email, fluentgracepodcast at gmail.com, and we would be happy to answer any additional questions on this topic or anything else, right? Any other podcast that we've done, be happy to dig into that. Come on. One final verse to close it out. I think this, this would be helpful. Romans eleven thirty six says this. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That's a wrap. We can close with that. Sounds good. But we're not really done. Yeah, we got the I mean the record of We're the not day. really done. We're, we're just really sorta done. done. All right, so I had to choose a Guinness World Record that went with fireworks. <laughs> oh yes. What red blooded American doesn't like fireworks? Mm. Only problem is the Philippines set this record, but it's still a pretty cool record. My well, sister lived in the Philippines for a while. Well, there you go. There was America there at one point. So there you go. That's where they probably got the idea from. Yeah. This uh, Guinness World Record set in the Philippines was set in 2016, and it was the longest fireworks show in history. This fireworks show lasted one hour, one minute and 32 seconds and cost eight billion dollars at least <laughs> because i watched a fireworks show last night as most of us did and it lasted like 10 minutes and i'm pretty sure it cost a guy like 500 dollars. so was this at the at the river no this was like a private one so dude they started side note i'm sorry they started the the river one last night 15 minutes early so, like, half <laughs> the people weren't even out there yet. <laughs> Come on, Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Get it together. If they would have done a one-hour, one-minute one, then I don't think anybody would have missed it. I'm pretty sure a one-hour fireworks show would blow all the fireworks China has created in the last, like, six months. <laughs> That's some serious fireworks. We need to bring our fireworks back to America. Start producing American-made fireworks. That's right. Mm-hmm. I will say, in all the fireworks that I watched – uh 
I, I, I just kept wanting to sing the national anthem. That's it. Side note, me and Tim used to sell fireworks. Hey, we did. True Colin story. and Tim used to sell fireworks. Hey. You sold fireworks too? Yeah. That's true. You did too. The same place? All, yeah. All three hey. of us sold fireworks. We got your wing dingers, your cat slingers, <laughs> your frog bugglers. Tim, how many, uh, how many patrons have you heard say this? Y'all got any of them sparkler things? <laughs> oh, my favorite was, man, they don't make them like they used to. I mean, I don't got no M80s around here. Y'all ain't got them sticks of dynamite up in there, do you? What I used to blow mailboxes, slap off the post. I had one guy, speaking of true stories, I had one group of, uh, let's be nice. Uh, <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> One group of individuals who came up to the stand, they were male, and they were probably in their late teens, early 20s, um, backwoods, redneck Alabama, and they were asking for the uh, M80s, right, which they don't make anymore. You can't get them unless you're in China. I don't know. Right? We didn't sell them. And I was like, well, here's the closest thing we got. And they said, all right, that'll work. You think if I threw it in a 55-gallon drum of gasoline, it'd blow it up? I'm telling you, dude. It's like I said, yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> like these people, like where are these people coming from? It's like y'all got any pipe bombs back there? I could buy for fourteen ninety nine. Like what in the world? What are you doing? <laughs> we need homeland security. We, <laughs> the hillbillies are going crazy around here. Okay. We just all better hope that they were predestined before they yeah. shot off the fire. Those stupid cats! I can't stand them. <laughs> Oh, with that, hope everyone had a wonderful 4th of July week. Happy Canada Day for all you folks who were listening from Canada. And anybody else that has your Independence Day, well, hope your fireworks were good. So, I'm going to get some crystals. I'm out. <laughs> we're going to go shoot sparklers or something. I don't know. So, That's it. We're out. Go check us out on the social medias, Facebook and Instagram, Fluent Grace Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us something like that, if you would. Hey, give us a share. You know, that's going above and beyond. So, anyway, do all that. Hope you guys have a good rest of your week, and we will come back at some point in the future. Hopefully it's next week, but no promises. So, latest. Gooses. We out.